Hello and welcome to the Mass Startup Podcast. This is a podcast for Africa's opportunity seekers, problem solvers, future shapers, world builders, and entrepreneurs. This podcast is hosted by me, Mashudu Mudal. But that's not all I do. And for the last three years, um, I've been the community and partnerships manager at Yoko. Something that has afforded me the incredible honor, privilege, and just absolute pleasure to serve the South African entrepreneurship ecosystem and just entrepreneurs and small businesses in ways that I could never imagine was possible. From a product standpoint or a feature standpoint or just value standpoint, I do not believe there's any other company in South Africa that's truly focused, dedicated and completely obsessed about serving entrepreneurs and empowering entrepreneurs. The vision of Yoko is, you know, to enable people to thrive. And it it doesn't just say, you know, entrepreneurs or just small businesses, but people. And those people include the incredible team that is involved in designing the product, to selling the product, to helping customers, to the people that help run the company and support the people that are doing all these different things. Um, There's so many parts to this company that I don't think I could just cover in this short intro. But really, it's about an incredible effort by a group of diverse and complicated and inspired and beautiful and kind and incredible group of people that really care about doing something that matters and that's what drew me to Yoko and you know this is a story I don't think I've told before but three years ago um, a mentor of mine um, Marcello you know I said to him hey I'm, I'm super excited to help people about starting businesses building businesses and really you know trying to figure out how to grow incredible businesses and I was involved in a bunch of different projects. One of them was, you know, trying to build a digital agency for small businesses to get online, which wasn't that much of a really incredible business. So I was struggling um, financially, struggling just to make it work. But I was inspired and I was hungry to be of service, to do something that could help other people. And I started different things, right? So I started this podcast um, I started a website where entrepreneurs could get resources um, to navigate the South African ecosystem a a little bit better with incubators, um, uh, documents that could help uh, set up their businesses um, and different things that I I felt entrepreneurs just couldn't get, right? And I also started this event and it was called The Power of Ten and brought together a bunch of entrepreneurs just to discuss things. just felt like there was something missing. And my mentor said, Marcello, um, he was like, hey, um, so I just joined this new company um, and they're doing really something incredible for small businesses. I think you should join. Um, I think, you know, would you be interested at all? And at this point, my failing digital agency was dying and all the product, all the projects that I was involved with just couldn't make money, but they were really, really exciting projects. Um, and I decided, hey, this could be incredible. So I said to him, yes, of course. 
And I told my mom, hey, um, someone called me for an interview. And she said, please, for the life of God, please take the job. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they do it. And it was a natural reaction because I was struggling that much. But I was so determined at the time to build something of my own because I felt I had a vision bigger than everyone else's. Um, this wasn't the first job offer that came about. Um, I had opportunities to join other organizations, but for me, it always came down to purpose and whether or not your vision would be bitter or even bigger than my own. And at that time, I just couldn't find that. And that was the first time I found that. A company that had a vision much bigger, much more incredible, and something so clear to see. How do you empower small businesses to stop thinking small? How do you empower entrepreneurs to see themselves as grand businesses, even when it's just in their head? How do you give people the tools to really navigate how to operate you know, with the systems and, um, and, and, and tools that bigger businesses have, right? And how do you enable people with technology? And that's the question that Yoko was really asking at that time and still asking today. And they've done an incredible job. In the three years I've been at Yoko, I've seen such incredible growth, not just in the product itself, but the phenomenal people who are part of building it, but also the entrepreneurs that are using it. If you speak to anyone that uses Yoko, the first thing they'll say is, it changed my life somehow. And that's what it's really done for me. It's changed my life. And it's been an incredible journey. Um, there's incredible highlights, phenomenal moments, and incredible experiences that I could share. But the biggest thing that I'll always be able to take away is what it might take to build an African tech company that is solving a, a very fundamental need. But more than that, changing the consciousness of entrepreneurs and really, really empowering them and enabling them and educating them in ways that could possibly get them to think a lot bigger and want to do so much more. And that's the power of being able to enable people through technology. I think a lot of people by now have found out about the you know, incredible and unfortunate impact of COVID and what it's done to a lot of small businesses. And unlike most service providers, um, Yoko is very much attached to the growth of small businesses. Um, if small businesses are not growing, Yoko is not growing. And this is true to the values of you know, really, really, really being close to the customers and really understanding their pain points to develop incredible technologies to solve those things, but enable them as well. But it also means Yoko is especially vulnerable to situations like when, you know, 85% um, of small businesses have to close down because, you know, the law has changed and this crisis has forced a completely, sh you know, incredible shift in how entrepreneurs have to navigate and how small businesses have to work. And it's been devastating. 
to think about the impact this has had on small businesses, on entrepreneurs. And that impact um, has touched Yoko in a big way. And with a statement that was shared, um, I think, last week or two weeks ago, um, a retrenchment of uh, some part of the company was made. And this is why I've been speaking for the last 10 minutes about Yoko, is this has been a three-year journey of trying to find the best, most incredible way that I could serve the South African startup ecosystem, small business ecosystem, and entrepreneurial ecosystem through Yoko. And that journey is unfortunately ending. I will be staying on at Yoko as a consultant um, to work on special projects, but effectively, um, I won't be part of the team. But the one thing I know I will always be able to do is say to someone that is starting a business, that is building a business, find Yoko. Um, not just buy a machine, but learn from the incredible products that exist to serve entrepreneurs. Um, learn from the platforms that have been built, from the communities that have been built. I think it's such an incredible, incredible experience to have you know, been part of building um, this incredible community and like creating phenomenal experiences where entrepreneurs could connect to each other in some significant way and through those connections enable each other to thrive. And this 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 has been possibly the most difficult two weeks of my life. Um, I think facing the reality of something like this, which I felt, you know, this journey still had so much longer to go. But I think that's like the the power and the influence and the devastating impact that this crisis, this lockdown um, has had. And not just on my life, on a lot of people's lives, um, whether it's the entrepreneurs whose businesses will no longer be able to open or those that had to cut down on staff making really difficult decisions, I think this is going to be the most grueling exercise for entrepreneurs. And it's going to force a lot of, you know, new thinking, um, a new level of creativity, a new level of ingenuity that comes from a very difficult place. And I don't know why I did this um, recording or why I thought what I thought I wanted to get across, but I wanted to share the journey that I've been through and what I think is one of the best podcasts that I've made um, in the last three years. So today's episode is an interview I did with Yoko's CEO, um, Katlachuma Pai, who really shares a lot more about the vision of that company um, and the work that we did. And it's really, really phenomenal to have ever um, been part of this in some incredible way. And I can't wait for what's next um, in terms of serving the South African ecosystem or the African ecosystem for entrepreneurs, for startups and for small businesses. Starting with this podcast, um, but many more other projects. Um, I'm just grateful for the journey that I've had and the lives that I might have in some small way um, touched or impacted with the work um, that I did at Yoko. Because 
to be honest, I don't think there could have ever been a more perfect company to have my first ever real job in and a more perfect company to help entrepreneurs, small businesses and startups find whatever's next. No one really knows what the future looks like. No one really knows what you should be doing. But you have a partner in what Yoko is doing and the incredible people that are still at Yoko who will dedicate themselves and the work that they do to making you thrive and really your business being able to find its way through this new, new world. Wishing everyone the best. Please listen to this episode. I think this is really one of the best that we've done in the last few years. Excited for the future and grateful for the journey that was had. God bless and take care. This week's episode of Mash Startup Podcast is probably the most important one that I've done. And it's an interview with someone that I admire in an incredible way. Um, the CEO and co-founder of Yoko, Katleho Mapai. If you learn anything from this podcast, I hope you'll be kind enough to share it with young founders, young startups, young small businesses, and anyone that could possibly need to be inspired and to learn from someone that has been part of something that is truly special. Um, when it comes to startups, yeah. um, small businesses, building things that matter, it's always important to start with why. I just want to understand why Yoko? Um, why Yoko? It's a great question. Look, I think all these things um, don't just come from one thing. They all kind of roll up, it happens over time, and it all kind of just comes together. Um, I wanted to work with my friends. That was very important for me. I think you spend uh, a lot of your time at the office. You need to be close to the people uh, that you work with. It gives a lot of meaning. So that was one. Um, and then we're certainly connected by this uh, common ideal that we just want to see a better world, right? Uh, we don't speak about it in, in sort of these long, fluffy terms, but we feel it, it's a burning thing uh, between uh, me and my business partners. And yeah, I think through Yoko um, and really starting to understand the small business entrepreneurial environment and that you know, technology can really play a fundamental role in providing access and allowing a business to make a leap. It all just made sense, right? Um, and we took a lot of time to assess, right? We just didn't wake up one day um, and decided that we wanted to do Yoko. It took many months. We looked at lots of different things. And we just kept on coming back to it because we saw a real problem with scope and also something that we knew was going to be intellectually stimulating for us. Um, and I can tell you it has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, this is uh, easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, not just from a, you know intellectual standpoint and the demands of it, but also just emotionally, right? Um, you're, you're building something from nothing. Uh, the stakes just get higher. Um, as we grow, you know, it doesn't get easier. But 
what you start to realize is you grow through the process, right? And you can take certain situations better, you can respond better to situations. So I think it's been quite a pleasure uh, observing that maturity happen, um, not just with myself or my partners, but you know, people in our team who've been with us for a long time, just seeing that growth and just sort of that perspective uh, starting to deepen. And that's what makes this company great is people grow, right? And yeah. they want to grow. Um, they want to become better and they want to become better versions of themselves. And it's really our job um, as an institution to create space for that. So I think this just like leads perfectly into my next question, which is just the importance of people. Um, the importance of an amazing team. I mean, obviously, I'm part of the team, but <laughs> I just think I've, I've I've worked with such exceptional people, yeah. and I want to understand your thinking behind the sort of people that you believe fit to work in a company that's not just about okay, we're going to make X amount of dollars, rands, but we're going to also make an impact doing that. So it's interesting. Um, you get people who actively think about society, uh, their environments, philosophy, you know, who read, who are just interested in the world. And these are the kind of people um, we want to attract and nurture at Gioco because, in the end, uh, our ability to build these products, uh, deliver the service, do it with passion. Um, and really, uh, you know, strive for excellence and delivering like fundamental value to our customers. That really comes down to one core thing, in my opinion, which is our capacity to, which is uh, which is our capacity to observe what's happening around us. So, you know, we we interact with our merchants, our customers. We see ourselves in them. We'd like to think they see uh, themselves in us. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all striving for the same ideals. And just having the capacity to just see that, right, for what it is and just getting to the core human fundamentals and the core drivers um, and starting to build and design things around that. Um, these are the types of folks that we want at Yoko um, because so long as we stay in touch, um, and can really understand better than anyone else what's going on in society, what's happening with our customers, we will continue to be relevant. Um, we will continue to build great things. And, you know, we can do that uh, without taking more than what we give. Uh, that's very important for us. Uh, we speak about this often, that we want to be in an organization that net is creating more than it takes. And our view is if this becomes the mantra within society, uh, there'll be abundance. But the challenge we have right now is the sense of trying to get more than you, uh, than you uh, trying to get more than you give, right? So you, you, you're reducing um, uh, what's available. And if everyone's doing that, where do you think we're going to end up? Where do you think we are, right? So we need to become a society where people are giving more than they take. Um, and we create abundance, uh, folk can participate, we grow, and things are good.
Yeah. Um, I think my next question is just like, do you think you could write a guide for how to start a startup in Africa <laughs> at this point? Because <laughs> I think, like you said, um, there is an entrepreneurial spirit in the people that work at Yoko, yeah. but there's also an entrepreneurial spirit in South Africans in general. Agreed. And not many startups, whether it's tech or just traditional small businesses, mm-hmm. get to the level that Yoko is at. Mm-hmm. And what have, have you seen to be the sort of tenants of building something as incredible as Yoko? Um, so I think first things first is just dreaming, right? And dreaming doesn't necessarily mean thinking big. In our context of us, we've always been ambitious. We refer to ourselves as being quietly ambitious. We don't make noise. Um, we want to demonstrate that we're able to do something before we say we can. So that's very important for us. But it's an important thing to, to dream and to, to imagine because without that, you, you can't have a vision, right? And without a vision, what are you working towards? That's, that's number one. And then two is just thinking really long-term. long-term. Um, the moment you, you can do that, you have this vision and you can almost just start picturing what you need to build and what you need to do over very long horizons, it actually frees you from the constraints of the present. Right? And that's such a fascinating thing, this idea around uh, constraints. You know, if you can liberate yourself from constraints, even though they, they do exist, there's no doubt about it, right? But just take a moment and imagine that they don't. Like, what would you do? What would you build? How would you um, evaluate something? And your mind gets into a very different, types of mi- different type of mindset because that's when you start to find the innovation, right? That's when you start to find the innovation. Um, and, 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 and new ideas. And then when you start to apply the constraints after the ideas, then you start to find innovation and new ways to execute the ideas, right? And that's when you start getting something very, very interesting. So you're almost liberating yourself from the constraints um, is, is, is powerful. I mean, I remember in our case, uh, constraint was licensing and how we needed to get to market. It took us a year to get that license. We needed a very specific type of license that had never been awarded to a startup before. But when we liberated ourselves from the constraints of time, you know, it was going to take a long time, and the possibility of rejection, we just pursued the goal. Um, and what ended up happening was we got a license and a setup that essentially allowed us to build the core layers of Yoko's innovation. And what's ultimately driving our ability to onboard um, one one and a half thousand merchants plus a month now came from this thinking, right? That we want to get to that point. What what are the baseline things that we need? Cool, it's going to take us a long time. But if you think ultra long term, what is a long time, right? Um, So I think that's very important. So ambition, um, thinking long term, liberating yourself from constraints. And then number four, and I think this is super important, is figure it out, okay? Yeah. So this is not supposed to be easy. If it was, everyone would do it, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a reason this is challenging, and I'm, this is, I'm speaking about entrepreneurship in general. It's hard. It's meant to be hard, otherwise everyone would just do it. Yeah. So as obvious as that sounds, I think there's something uh, from a human nature perspective 
that starts feeling the sense of uh, anxiety and pushing back when something's hard. Um, but it's entrepreneurs who realize that, wow, if this is hard, this is actually hard for everyone. If I figure it out, I figured out my arbitrage, right? I figured out my opportunity. I'm also now starting to develop my moat. Um, and the great entrepreneurs are often willing to do those unsexy things um, that, you know, people just didn't want to do. Uh, I give an example without naming, um, you know, labor, labor is a, is a challenge in this country. Um, and I have a friend who started a beauty business. And the first thing she did uh, over her first two years was to build a training academy. And she set it up as a not-for-profit. And now she's starting to build out the beauty business, they're rolling out locations, and she has now secured a whole training and talent supply chain. And people don't know that, right? But that's her core competitive advantage now, is that she's not sort of hustling and reviewing CVs like everyone else's. She's actually got a steady stream of talent because she, instead of complaining about the labor issue, she found a solution. Um, and she found a solution that's ultimately improving the lives of people because she employs people who are previously unemployable. But they go through her academy, they become, you know, ready to work, and this is an incredible environment for them to thrive. So there are lots of these types of examples of just figuring it out. Um, and I think once you accept that as the reality, especially uh, when you're in an ecosystem that's early stage like ours. So I want to be very clear. Our technology ecosystem is at ground zero. We're not anywhere near where people think we are. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, as we raise capital um, and we structure deals, we structure the business, we're often doing things that have never been done before but are quite commonplace in the Silicon Valley or Europe. But they're being done here for the first time. So that's an immediate um, indication that like we, our ecosystem is still in its early stages and that we're still trying to put in the building blocks so that you know, a couple of years down the line, when somebody wants to raise a, a venture deal, it takes you know, a, a, a couple of days, right? Quick DD, sign the term sheets, get to the subscription agreements, you know? I mean, do the due diligence, uh, um, get to the subscription agreements, sign capital in the bank and the, and the business can run. We're not there yet, right? Um, and so the ecosystem needs to mature. It's gonna take a long time. It's gonna take companies that have broken barriers, um, uh, get to the big exits, alums in those companies, founding new businesses, starting VCs themselves, all this type of stuff. We just haven't had that yet um, at, at the level that we need. And we need to acknowledge that, you know, companies build ecosystems, not the other way around. And um, we now need to focus on building great companies that will eventually form the ecosystem. Um, so as, as a company that's breaking barriers and, and a company with, you know, 100 plus employees mm -hmm. or so, um, that recently raised one of the most incredible you know, rounds of funding mm -hmm. and touching so many people's lives, changing so many people's businesses, all of that, um, what scares you? What scares me is we don't reach our ambitious goals, right? So it's a big difference between the fear of failure, which is not the fear we have, 
we have the fear of not getting to our ambitious goals, right? And it's such a beautiful fear because that's what makes you do anything, right? Whatever it takes, uh, uh, the sleepless nights, the hustling, the, the traveling, whatever it takes to make it happen because we want to succeed so much because we know if we succeed, our customers succeed and the economy succeeds, right? Like, you don't often in your life get to work on something that can have such a deep ripple effect. Um, and it's with that that we're going to do whatever it takes. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so much for the time. Cool. Cool.